Hello, Alyssa. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Is that how I start it? Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Uh, are you ready? <laughs> I sure uh, the heck am. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. Okay, so today we are going to be discussing loss. I think this was requested, wasn't it? Yeah, it was requested quite a few times. So here we go. Um, I'm not an expert, but Alyssa kind of is. Yeah, I've my literally my eyes are already watering. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Twenty seconds in, going downhill really, really rapidly. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't watch this if you're having like a blue day. <laughs> Um, but we wanted to we wanted to touch on this because this is something that obviously a lot of people go through um, and you know share share our stories coping mechanisms yeah etc uh, yeah so I uh, lost my dad almost three years ago and um, I've lost quite a few people but obviously losing a parent is uh, you know it's pretty significant that's a big one yep it was a big one um, but I've also lost uh, I, I recently lost one of my ex-boyfriends who I was with for a really long time um, and lost friends and stuff like that as well so yeah yeah you know I've been I've been through the ringer you really have <laughs> freaking life hits you hard man yeah I always every time like something like this um, every time I, I lose another person I almost like feel selfish too because I'm like woe is me like it's you know what I mean like it's so it's so weird because yeah. it's like oh my god of course like you know them number one and then also their family and the rest of their friends and stuff like I almost feel this like guilt for for feeling that way yeah but I mean I think that like you know like like in terms of like your ex-boyfriend and your friends and stuff like that of course it's going to be like really hard on their family and and whatever but like you share what you share with that person Mm -hmm. um and it just it just is what it is you know like you can't shouldn't feel bad for it I know it's just but that's the the thing with loss well I mean loss and grief for everybody is completely different yeah um and that's kind of what I've learned throughout I don't know I guess like navigating grief yeah um but but for me yeah it's just it's it just it it's a river and a valley (laughs) I go through all of these different um yeah just like feelings and like feeling guilty feeling selfish questioning if I actually was friends with that person oh weird how close we actually were if I'm making it out to be that we had a better relationship that we did every time I kind of like came out on the other side so to speak it was always the case that we were as close as I thought we were and um whatever I would even have to like go back into my text messages and stuff like that to prove to myself that we were friends weird I know it's such a weird thing but it's such a touchy thing to talk about because obviously it's so emotional there's so much pain and emotion behind it um but something that was really hard for me was I started losing people really early um in life and it I watched hmm so touchy but I did (laughs) I (laughs) I watched people um I don't even know how to say this but make such uh big proclamations and stuff like that um about 
about people who had passed and and whatnot and with social media and stuff like that coming in and um i think that i think that because grief is so subjective and and so different in every scenario some people do take to facebook and instagram and stuff like that and and post their feelings which i think is you know any way that you need to deal with grief and loss is appropriate yeah it's correct because it's correct for you um if it's if it's dangerous behavior then obviously you know not great we want to try to you know navigate Maybe abstain navigate through that and like you know search out resources but in that instance um i think uh you know whatever helps you cope um but it was you know so early on kind of hard for me to be seeing this kind of thing where it was and I, I really, again, I'm saying it's so touchy and, and I don't mean any offense by it, but it almost seemed like a popularity contest mm. um, with like who knew somebody better, who was closer or whatever. And so yeah. I think that that's where that stemmed from for me was like, oh, well, like did like I you didn't really... want to be disingenuous in like how you were feeling about them after the fact kind of thing exactly yeah, yeah. It, it's so hard because like e- even you talking about how you like question yourself and stuff like that, it's it is reminiscent of how kind of like mental health can like warp your your mm. view of yourself yeah. um and like you can be so sure of something or unsure of something as well that you're like oh like this must be true like it must be true that we weren't that close or whatever kind of thing and you convince yourself of that um it's it's just odd like it's odd how much like your mental state can kind of warp that yeah in that moment yeah even recently when I I lost my ex-boyfriend I I started questioning myself and I was like are you joking (laughs) yeah like I was like head over heels in love with this person since I was like I don't know it's like 17 or 18 or something like that like on and off we you know we're on and off and stuff but even in that moment I was like do I deserve when I went to the the funeral I was like do I deserve to be here Mm. and it's like well I mean of course you do (laughs) It's yeah. just, it's such a weird thing. Um, but yeah, lost. <laughs> Let's, I want to take it back a little bit to talk about, well, I want to take it back to like the first person that you felt like was like a loss in your life. Who was the first person? How old were you? If you're ready to share. Yeah. Um, I, so I experienced loss for the first time, I would say in high school. Um, there was somebody in our high school who uh, ended up passing away. Um, I wasn't super close with this person, but we had started hanging out kind of more during the end um, of, yeah, of what happened. And um, that was the first time that I really experienced anything like that because you're so young. I Did I say I was like 16 or 17, I think? Yeah. Um, sure. And it was just, it was so crazy. And, and honestly, that was huge for, I mean, the entire school. Yeah. Just because like what, you know, what a tragedy. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, what a horrendous thing to go through and and her close friends and her family obviously and um stuff like that and and that it kind of just like hit me in that moment um that life is so fleeting yeah like you know it's just and and it, it hit me really hard because I've always been kind of someone who questions like the universe in a way like go on <laughs> this is a little bit of a different conversation yeah. <laughs> but I, you know if, if I didn't have anything to think about when I was a kid like I was just sitting in the car or something my mind would immediately go to like okay what is life what are we here for what's the meaning what's beyond earth what's beyond the universe like what's in that universe like it, it would be like all consuming to me oh I used to be so scared thinking about death and stuff and like it used to just boggle my mind like how is it that you can just be 
gone and like the world is going on without you like how is how is that possible and I remember one time I was talking to my mom about I was like sobbing and I was like I don't want to die like and she was like when you get older like this won't and I think I asked her if she was scared and she was like no like when you get older like you'll understand like blah 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 like it's not don't worry whatever kind of thing and I asked her recently and she was like oh I'm terrified of dying and I was like what I'm like you lied to me I'm like I'm terrified of dying yeah. I overcame that fear because you were like it's fine and that's I was like, a mom's Maybe job yeah that was her job in that moment yeah. <laughs> um yeah so that was the first one and I honestly I won't go into that story a whole lot because uh I don't feel like it's my story to tell um and she had a lot of like really close friends who probably could speak to the you know yeah that um a lot better but that was uh just my first kind of like you know view into oh my goodness like this is a real thing um and after that happened I was talking to my dad and he said to me that um when he graduated the year after he started losing people like left right and center yeah it was just like one after the other and he said um he was really serious when he was talking to me about it obviously um and he was like you need to be very careful because it's so easy and he said once people get out of high school you know like life can hit you hard and and that is what happened we started losing people um like one after the other it was just it was so so many people from our high school it's insane yeah um and that i got chills um (laughs) and that as well just kind of kept reinforcing that we are so mortal yeah you know like you can be walking across the street you can be driving your car you could you know um be experimenting with drugs it could be your first time it could be your 700th time yeah and it's it's just it's just we're circumstances yeah you know we're flesh and and blood and cells and they they die yeah but uh when i was 22 is uh when i lost my dad what was the date uh, October 24th. The day before my mom's birthday. No. Yeah. Well, it was October 24th, 2016, I guess. 2016, 17, 18. Hold on. Let me double check this. I posted a photo. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah, October 24th, 2016. So I know that we've talked actually pretty in depth about your kind of experience with, um, you know, like looking after your dad once you found out he was sick and kind of him passing and stuff like that I'm curious like in terms of loss specifically when at what point do you feel like you actually went through the loss phase kind of thing because um you knew he was sick Mm -hmm. you knew he probably wasn't going to get better Mm -hmm. was it something where you were able to kind of start that grieving period almost like before he had even passed yeah, so what I learned from being his caretaker was that it's it's completely different because the caretaker grieves Such last. a hard role. Yeah, um, because I feel like my family, the rest of my family, started grieving while he was sick. Yeah. Um, and they could uh, enjoy certain moments with him and stuff like that. But being the caretaker... Um, again so different in every instance but was so it was so much more like business well and it's it's um it is like all consuming right because Mm -hmm. it's it was your it was your job basically like it was what you did sun up to sundown yeah well I, I lived and breathed what we were doing that day and I know I've said it before but every single day felt like a year mm-hmm. which is why uh, we'll probably get into this later but which is why after he passed away I was in Vancouver three days later going out for dinner and stuff and people were like 
how could you? And in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, but he's been gone for like so long. But it's because every one of those days really did feel like so long. So three days after it was like, like imagine having a full-time job and like your whole life and then not having that anymore. Every single day would then feel like eternity. Mm -hmm. So when he was gone and I didn't have anything to do anymore, I was just sitting in this empty house, you know, without him. Yeah. (laughs) wife is here um (laughs) you know that feels like it ugh it feels like eternity Mm -hmm. so I was like I need to get the fuck out of here like I'm just sitting here around all of his stuff with his four cats like see you later (laughs) four cats Steve what were you doing (laughs) oh my goodness Uh, side story one time the the little comedic relief here (laughs) one time when we were on the way to radiation he was really concerned that I was going to drop the cats off at the SPCA once he passed. Oh. <laughs> and he made me promise that I would take care of them. And I kept telling him because my dad really wanted me to keep um, the house, like our, our family house. But I hadn't lived in that house for years and years and years. Um, and it was just him in the house. But anyway, he wanted me to keep the house really bad. And I said, Dad, I have to move. Like, I have to go back to Toronto. Like, I, you know, I, I have a life. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm 22. I'm building a life for myself. And um, he was like, but what about the cats? What about the cats? <laughs> Every time he thought I was just, like, going to ditch the cats. So Dad, I'm going to have to leave them here. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, Dad, I will take them with me. If I have to, I will move every one of those cats in with me. And... Um, I kept all the cats. <laughs> so they were, they all lived out their very happy lives. We still have two. Two of them were very, very sick. I know that this is what people, the content people came for, truly. And this is lost about my cats yeah. and... Yeah. Missy Stripe. Do Miss Stripe. But anyway, I, I kept my word. I kept all of my words that I gave my dad. But anyway, um, yeah. So back to being a caretaker. Um... the the caretaker does grieve last because you know my my day was making I know we probably said this before but like making him food that he could eat that day getting him dressed so that he could go to radiation making sure that he had his pills on time making his pill schedule like just all of these things like driving to and from rubbing his legs because you know he was dehydrated so they get really really uncomfortable and um uh, in the end he also became really particular about certain waters and like um treatments and stuff like that so it was just it was all consuming and it was basically like a business it was like a well-oiled business machine uh so there wasn't I wasn't in denial at all I I was the one who knew he was gonna pass before anybody because when we would go to the hospital together he would put on like a brave face basically and so the doctor would just send him back home and there was one time over the long weekend where um he he couldn't drink anymore because he had stomach cancer and so he couldn't drink any fluids and it was a long weekend I'm I think it was probably Thanksgiving and we couldn't get him into the cancer center for hydration which is they literally just hook you up to an IV so that you can get hydrated um and he didn't leave the bed and he was too heavy for me to actually pick up like I could pick up his legs to put on his pants and stuff but I couldn't actually lift him um and so I couldn't take him anywhere you know to use the washroom or anything like that and he was really like uh particular about uh people in his house so he didn't want a nurse or anything like that and so when I brought him in on the Tuesday they were telling me that they were going to send him home again and I'm like you guys don't understand like how sick he is I'm like you think that just because he comes in here and is like smile on yeah and is talking to you and stuff I'm like that's all of his energy that he has and Mm -hmm. then he gets in the car and then that's it like he can't move and I'm like, 
what do you think is going on here? You think he's just getting up and cooking himself breakfast in the morning? Like he needs to be admitted to hospital anyway. Um, so I was deaf. I was not in denial. And I had a nurse um, because I think that the, the way that I deal with um, grief is very like st- kind of like stoic, I guess, um, where it seems like I'm unaffected almost. Um, and so a nurse came in and had tested his vitals after I basically blew up in the <laughs> cancer center and sat me down and was like, you know that your dad's really sick, right? Like he oh, doesn't God. he doesn't have very much time. And I'm like, this is what I'm fucking trying to tell you guys. Like, don't come to me and act like I don't know what's going on. I'm the one who knows what's going on. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, I wasn't in denial, um, but it wasn't. I don't I don't think I started to grieve until like months after he passed. Yeah. Because I was so busy. Because yeah. the care you're just focused on the task at hand, right? Like yeah. what needs to be done now. Yeah, and the caretaking didn't stop after he passed away because um I was the executor of his will and stuff like that and so I had to you know deal with that which I didn't even ever think of growing up. I know that some people think about inheritance when they grow up, but I didn't that was never, never a conversation yeah. in my house. That was never something I thought about. We weren't well off. So it was like, it wasn't a thing. Um, and But you still have to, you know, no matter what somebody has, it's they're still in a state of some sort. Um, and so the grieving really, really started for me when we like started dissecting his room. And when my dad was sick, I I was just trying to cope in any way I could. So I would walk around with this like you know that starbucks like venti oh yeah like cold drink cups i know them well yeah they're reusable ones so i would pour vodka in there okay <laughs> and uh went down a different path that you're gonna be talking about frappuccinos nope <laughs> and i would uh fill it with water and i would drink that Ugh, disgusting yep and so we usually had radiation in the morning and so what I would do is I would take him to radiation. I would come home and uh, I I knew that we weren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Because he couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and if we had to go somewhere immediately, I would have had to call the ambulance anyway because I couldn't lift him. Uh, so basically after radiation, I would start drinking. <laughs> and I, I, don't th- I don't really ever even remember getting like drunk ever. It was basically like it took the edge off. Yeah. And it wasn't until like after he passed that I realized like, how much I had been drinking. I was like, this is crazy. Like I literally get up, do this. And then I come home and fix myself drinks until we go back to bed. Yeah. That that was like basically all it was. It was the only way that I could maintain the, the patience to not, I don't want to say deal with him, but if yeah. you've ever cared for somebody who's in that much pain, like emotional fatigue is a thing. Absolutely. And, and it was really hard to be, be kind uh, 24-7. That's the thing that I think is so tricky about loss. And, and it's hard because I feel like people are kind of judgmental sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people, how you were talking about how you were quite stoic and um, you were in Vancouver, like, days after your dad passed and stuff. And people were kind of like, what the fuck? People are really judgmental about it. And um, even when the all the stuff with my brother, that was such a weird thing for me because it was like, I, I lost him, but we didn't physically lose him. Right. But he's such a different person. Um, and it was just such a whirlwind of emotions because I felt guilty that I felt bad for myself when obviously he had been through this horrific life-changing, you know, accident. And I felt bad that I felt bad yeah. <laughs> basically. And, and I felt guilty that I 
didn't like get along with him as well. Um, I felt guilty that I let my emotions get the best of me when I would get upset by that. Um, and like, I wished that I could do more and, you know, like it was just, it was just so many emotions wrapped into one. And then I would start feeling sorry for myself because I was like, no, like I should be allowed to grieve. I should be allowed to feel upset. And it was just so many conflicting emotions kind of thing. And I, and, and it wasn't any easier when I felt like people were judging me because I was like feeling sorry for myself or whatever. Um, because nobody knows what that relationship was like to you nobody knows like the ins and outs of of any relationship that you have with any other person because like someone could like let's say someone watching the podcast could be like oh yeah listen Sam we're friends but like they don't understand the magnitude of like our truly you don't understand (laughs) the magnitude of like our relationship and you know like what we have in each other and so I think that (laughs) Um, but but you know it's like I I think that it's just so easy to look at someone from the outside and 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 judge something but people people that might have been judging you weren't thinking about the fact that you were being a caretaker for your father for so long and how draining that truly is because talking about it is one thing but living it is completely completely different and you know my parents went through that with my brother as well and then my dad got into an accident and we were going through that with him and it's it's really 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 difficult to be selfless yeah all day yep <laughs> every day like and and not be putting yourself first in any re- regard yeah like it's not about what you want to eat what you want to do what you have planned like it is it, does, it doesn't matter yeah um because you're dropping absolutely everything to do that one thing and, and nobody can truly understand what that's like until they're in that position and and everyone does deal with it completely differently yeah well and that was something um that I kind of had to come to terms with myself because at the beginning it was it was easier if I can even say that because I was still fresh yeah you know my emotions were fresh like my my um patience was fresh everything was like I was happy to help sort of thing I mean I'm using these words but you you can know what I mean yeah um and and kind of a month in um it started to get harder and harder to be as patient. I was never like mean to my dad or cruel to my dad, but I just, I didn't want to rub his legs for as long. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to keep making different meals because he didn't want the first one. And, um, you know, I would roll my eyes when he would ask me for a different pH of water or whatever, you know, behind his back or whatever. And that regardless of if he knew that that's how I was feeling, it still felt shitty that I felt like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, but, but, when he did end up getting admitted to hospital, my my mom um, started coming on her lunch breaks and stuff to spend some time with me because um, another one of my dad's big fears was once he got admitted to hospital that I would just like leave, leave him there. Yeah, leave him there. And, and that was never my intention. I just couldn't, I couldn't administer morphine and and well he needed more care than you could possibly give at home yeah and that was the only reason I wanted him in there of course I wanted him to be at home and 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 I know I've said this before but he was only in the hospital I think a week I think it was seven days um so he was at home for as long as possible um but my mom uh started coming because I was at the hospital like 10 12 hours every day uh because I didn't know this but family members can basically be there like however fucking long they want oh hell yeah yeah i would be there like i would come and you go can shack right up in there i did mm-hmm. <laughs> i did i actually um just like a, i i bruised my tailbone from sitting on on plastic chairs beside his bed i too have bruised my tailbone but it was from diving on a diving board sounds more fun it wasn't <laughs> i almost drowned <laughs> <laughs> sam's little head only using her honestly it was the worst <laughs> 
Anyways, carry on. Um, you think you've been through loss? Okay, let me tell you <laughs> the loss of my butt. Yeah. But no, that's like that's how long I was sitting in those fucking chairs. Damn, I should have brought a pillow. Ugh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so my mom started coming uh, at her lunch breaks, and she told like she sat me down one time, and I remember it so vividly. It was like so beautifully sunny fallout, um, and she would. That's when she told me about emotional fatigue, and she was like, you know you still are a person and you still have a life and you I know and your dad knows that you love him very very much but you do have to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. um and so kind of in that moment I was like you know maybe maybe I'm not a bad person for feeling this way or thinking these things or whatever because at one point um and this is obviously really hard to admit but when um they told us that he would only have like you know they said what they said exactly is that in a couple months time he'd be in really bad shape And so we didn't know if that was two months, three months, four months, six months, eight months, whatever. Um, And this was, this was before he got admitted to hospital. And I remember thinking like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And it's not that I was wishing that my dad would pass earlier or whatever. Like, I don't want to get that misconstrued, but it was just a feeling of like, I can't imagine doing this for like years. Well, and I think that there is like as much as obviously it, it, it sounds insensitive, but again, it's like you can't understand until you're in that position. But yeah. there is a sense of relief. And and not only relief for yourself and, and the position that you were being kind of put in and expected to be in, but also relief for that person because it's not that's not It's not a life. No, and, and it's not it's not how anybody wants to to carry on. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just and and so I think that there is relief in that and as hard as that is to like admit and have be a factor, like it's just yeah and it was and um if i if i thought that there was a chance that my dad would get better obviously oh of course but there there it was there was no chance the hospital you know what i mean like they told him to stop trying to eat mm-hmm. because they you know it's just what's the point because you, you know what i mean they, yeah it was we were, we were nearing the end anyway um and when he did pass i it was it was so weird so the day before he passed away um i just needed to take a day and i was like i don't know what it is but like i just i can't do this today like i can't go down there i can't sit there for 12 hours and at this point uh this was six days into his hospital stay he couldn't he didn't know who i was Um, and he would fall asleep while like looking at me and stuff like that. Like, um, he really did. He wouldn't have known if I was there or not. Um, and so I was like, I, it's, it's really, it's really hard to see a parent in that situation. Um, being so helpless. It's, I obviously don't have kids, but I almost, it almost gives me that kind of vibe because they can't do anything for themselves and and they're just there. Um, and so I just decided that I was going to take a me day. Um, and I don't actually think I even went to the hospital that morning. And so I went, uh, on just like a day date with my, uh, partner at the time and a couple of my friends. And then on the way back, uh, I just like drove up in the driveway and I was like, I just, I feel like I need to go to the hospital now. And my partner was like, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Like, are, are you serious? And I was like, I just feel like I have to. And, um, I went down to the hospital, got there at like 11, I think. And I stayed there until, mm, 1am maybe and I just held my dad's hand and um he was sleeping I think he woke up at one point and called me like doll or something like that but it was I I don't think he knew that it was me really um and I just (laughs) 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 I just told him that if he like needed to go that he could go Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 oh 
but and then the next morning he did yeah oh my gosh it's so like it's it is crazy how often you hear things like that like it's just it's crazy how connected we are emotionally through like you just knowing that you needed to go and see him and yeah intermission yeah (laughs) i don't actually think i've told that story out loud before i think i i think i've heard you say it once but yeah not on podcast that's for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) probably when i had a couple drinks in me which is easier to deal with (laughs) that's why being sober is so fucking hard um anyway so let me just dry all these tears i'm gonna have like drip marks down my foundation with their hopefully those eyelash extensions are set oh they're set (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah the next morning uh i was there so late that um i slept in and uh when i woke up i had like 10 missed calls from my aunt and and voicemails and the voicemails were like Alyssa, um call me back when you get a set call me back and i'm like okay Obviously, I know what's going on here. Yeah, like, if if you guys think that you're being, like... (laughs) Discreet. Yeah, I'm like, my dad's sick in the hospital with terminal cancer. Like, I, you know, you could just call me three times and I would know what's going on. Anyway, so as soon as I got those, uh, those texts... Or sorry, those those phone calls. I I had woken up at, like, 10 a.m., I think. And uh, my partner was already at work. And I just kind of, like, sat there in the bed. And I didn't, like, cry. I was just, like okay just taking it in yeah and I was like okay this this is happening um and then my my dad's oncologist had called me as well and um so I called him back and he said uh you know I think you probably know why I'm calling and I said yeah and he said your dad passed away and I said thank you for letting me know um and then he actually said to me and my dad's oncologist was like kind of a douchebag I'll be honest um (laughs) he was a great I think he was like it's not mince words here (laughs) yeah I think he was probably like a a, like really good doctor but he was just I don't know he was just kind of a douche like not good like bedside manner no like he was so rude to me and like like during the the whole process and stuff like that and I was just like ugh, fuck off but anyway in this moment it was really nice of him to say this and he said, I just want you to know that like your dad knew that you were there for him. And, and he was like, I, you know, I saw you there every single day, every single appointment. And, um, he's like, your dad know, knew that he, you loved him. And I was like, oh, you really took a turn there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right. Okay. In my books now. Thank um, you, Dr. Douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he, yeah, it, that was validating to hear because, um, something I still struggle with actually is just wondering if like I did enough. Oh, you did enough. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So sorry to interrupt this episode of the podcast, but something that was really important to my dad was uh, making a living. So thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode (laughs) of the podcast. I've tried HelloFresh quite a few times now, and I'm, I'm loving it. I hate going to the grocery store. You and me both. I don't want to do it ever again. I don't like having to find a loony for those in Canada. I don't like to find a loony to put the, the loony in the cart to find a cart. I don't want to worry about plastic bags. What do they do in America? I wonder now. I'm just thinking. I don't know. Because they don't have dollar coins. Well, people are stealing those carts left and right. Or I wonder if they just use quarters. And it's oh, just maybe. cheaper. Quarters maybe. Which are for some reason easier to come by in your wallet anyway. I just like that you don't have to like 
even step foot in the grocery store because like HelloFresh delivers everything to your door, pre-packaged, everything that you need for that meal is in there. Like I hate when you forget like an onion yeah, or something like that. And then you're like, well, now I can't make this. It's not going to taste as good. So I, I really like it for that. They have 20 plus seasonal chef created recipes each week. So it's not like you're going to get the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> Every day it's mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like maybe my childhood. My mom made lasagna and ribs only. <laughs> I mean, the ribs were delicious, but it was like that was also like once a year. So I ate a lot of lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a bunch of different options that you can choose from, like family recipes, calorie smart, vegetarian. They have a hall of fame. For recipes. Of the tastiest recipes? I, yeah. Like I the guess. ones that were the most well received? <laughs> yeah. I need a Hall of Fame. I need to host dinner parties so that I know what my Hall of Famers are. What's your Hall of Fame recipe from HelloFresh? Ah, the chili still. That was so good. And it got, it got only got better over time. That's the thing. Oh, like it marinated in oh. its own flavors. Oh, oh, she marinated. <laughs> you can also add extra meals to your weekly order. So you don't have to like, if you choose like two meals a week, you don't have to stay like that forever. You can like update it as many times as you want or whatever. Uh, and you can also add little add-ons like garlic bread, cookie dough. Like, are you joking? You can get cookie dough delivered okay, right to your door. this is a dangerous, slippery slope. <laughs> I am not down with this additive cookie dough. This is dangerous for me. I know. I'm going to start ordering it. And it's like, you're just like adding plus one over and over again of cookie dough. It's like, here's your chili with 12 sides of cookie dough. It's honestly true. Sam eats cookie dough raw. How do you? Anyway, I really like HelloFresh. It's honestly, it kind of takes the pressure off me too, like when I'm trying to cook for other people because I don't know, my recipes get stale, okay? Don't at me about it. <laughs> so if you guys want to try HelloFresh, uh, you can go to hellofresh.com slash approachable80 and enter approachable80 and you can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. So again, that's hellofresh.com slash approachable80. Promo code approachable80. Get 80 bucks off your first month of meals. Thank you so much, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Um, yeah, so I mean, after that, basically, my mom came up to the house and stuff. And um, I honestly only cried for like five minutes, maybe. And um, uh, it, I don't know why. It was just so weird. I was just like, I feel like I was out of emotion. Yeah. I was just like, I'm, you know, I'm tapped. My gas tank's empty. Um, and then I got drunk that night. Um, <laughs> Fair. Classic Alyssa fashion. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Vancouver trip and just wanting to feel normal and stuff like that. It just all, it, it all came kind of like to a halt. I think when you have something like that going on and it's it's as we said all so all consuming it's just like you feel like you have no direction it's like I I literally felt like I had no purpose yeah I was like what's my purpose in life now you know I came from Toronto I was a completely different person you know three months was like I I grew I aged 20 years (laughs) in those three months (laughs) and I think that anybody who knew me before and after can attest to that yeah such a different person afterwards so I was like okay well I don't have any friends really that I connect with anymore I don't have a job because I had to quit my job to take care of my dad I was like what do I do I don't have my dad he gave me purpose I was like what the fuck do I do now yeah (laughs) and I don't know if other people feel that way I don't I don't know but it was just such a weird thing yeah well and I think that part of that too like moving on and being like okay like this is my 
new life without this person and and it is it is like it's they're they're your whole world for that time and even though it was a short time it felt like a long time and you did like uproot your entire life for him and of course like of course you were feeling that way yeah and uh I think I had somebody ask me actually on Instagram not too long ago um what like important things I did with him and and like how I took care of him and stuff like that and um when I when I look back like it's only three years ago but it feels like forever now um when I look back like the most important thing that I did was be there yeah and I think for me I I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I had done anything differently yeah you know because um my therapist even told me uh that not everybody does that not everybody would uproot their life they would put them in care or you know they would come back and visit once in a while or whatever but to me there was no other option once he asked me if I would come home and initially I was only coming home to take care of him um while he was going to get an operation because Mm -hmm. at the time they thought it was just a small tumor that they could operate and he would be fine um but after that there was like there was no other option in my mind and I would do it again yeah you know like if you know god forbid if my mom or my grandma or something got sick i would do it all over again 100 percent. and i think that i would be better prepared this time um and probably take more time for myself but hell yeah i would yeah. do it do for anybody because that's the thing i kept telling myself like there is i think my mom actually said this one time um but not to me but um there there is no do-over yeah you know and that's it's such a finite thing it's like you know you can choose to be here or or not but that's something you will have to live with for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and so for me I you know I there was one fight that my dad and I had because I was so overwhelmed and so stressed and um I yelled at him and said um I can't even remember what the fight was about he was I can't remember what he was still like able to walk and and stuff like this at the at this time but I yelled at him and I said, if I wasn't here, there would be nobody here to take care of you. And I just like live with that. Yeah. Like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> like, way to kick a guy when he's down, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. But I mean, again, it's just like, it is like that emotional fatigue and it's hard to, because like even your dad, like your dad probably wasn't coping well. He probably wasn't in the best state of mind and mm-hmm. he was probably saying and doing things that he didn't mean. And I think that that stress can just result in you, um, like, doing things that are out of character in the same way that like when we get into arguments or whatever we say things we don't mean Mm -hmm. whatever um but you know I'm sure that your dad was pushing your buttons just as much as you were pushing his back (laughs) yeah I'm actually pretty sure he called I just remembered I'm pretty sure he called me a fucking bitch (laughs) (laughs) and then I said I wasn't here yeah but that's the thing is like was we were gosh when when nobody else is there with you it was just him and I I would like to just remind everybody every day um it you almost become like segregated from society mm-hmm. and you get a little like cabin fever a little loopy <laughs> yeah yeah but the way that he apologized was really cute he took like a toy spider and he like I was doing the dishes like crying <laughs> and he like set it on the <laughs> scrubbing <laughs> he set it on the windowsill because he knows like how scared I am of spiders and he like he just like smiled at me and and that's a good memory you mm-hmm. know what I mean because it's just it was like one of those few moments that um he was the dad that I remembered yeah because he was in so much pain I was seeing him as like a totally different person than I remembered my whole childhood yeah because my dad was so outgoing and so funny and and whatever like basically my personality is like like I'm a lot like my dad 
Um, whereas my mom is like very book smart and a little bit more shy and stuff like that. My dad is just like was just like you know yeah like such a fun going guy but you know even from the day that I landed from Toronto he was a completely different person than I recalled so I mean it's yeah you'd you gotta take the bad with the good but that's uh that's something that I I would not have been able to live with if I didn't go back and take care of him like 100 yeah. percent. well and I think you probably knew that that's what you needed to do too mm-hmm. for yourself let alone for him yeah and you can keep those little moments and those little um I don't know, little nuggets of like happiness with you because, you know, you are going to grow up and go through all, fuck, (laughs) (laughs) go through all of these milestones and they're not going to be there. Mm -hmm. So if there is something that you can hold on to, it's important, you know, yeah, make, make those, those memories that you can hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of talked a little bit about like after your dad passed and what that experience was like for you and how that transition was. But what at what point do you feel like you were able to kind of like gain back that feeling of like you having purpose and, and all that kind of stuff? Like was there a certain catalyst or was it more so just like over time? Um, I, I think it was probably just over time. I remember breaking down one time when I was cleaning up the house and just like trying to like talk to my dad like in the sky or something like that and that was kind of like a pivotal moment for me because I hadn't really done that before I was kind of just like again going with the times but um I did end up selling the house um because I just couldn't afford it anyway um and moving to Toronto and I think moving back to Toronto was really important for me not because I I honestly like didn't even want to live in Toronto at the end anyway like the first time yeah um but I think because I got pulled out not against my will but it wasn't my choice um uh I needed to go back and like tie up loose ends yeah kind of it felt like unfinished business yeah and so when I went back obviously people the higher ups and stuff like that from Cactus Club my company um not my company my company (laughs) I wish now (laughs) um the company I worked for for eight years um obviously they knew what what I'd gone through and stuff but uh we had opened another location and uh a lot of the new people didn't know and so it was kind of like I got to reinvent myself and um and I did reinvent myself I if I can be so bold when I left Toronto the first time I was still going out and partying and like I said like you know trying to just live the 21 22 year old life and when I came back I felt like I was just so so much more mature and level-headed and understanding, empathetic, compassionate, like all these, you know, qualities that I actually do really like in myself. I kind of like honed those yeah. in that time. Um, and so I, I kind of was like rediscovering myself because I had been in this like weird light. Like I honestly see that as two different people in my brain yeah, and like two different like eras. Um, and so I, I guess... Yeah, I guess opening uh, King Taps was the restaurant that we uh, opened. Um, that was probably like when... Like I a real s- turning point. Yeah, when I started to move on. And and I I still think about him every day. You know, I at the beginning, I, I felt like I saw him like everywhere. Oh, yeah. Usually at the gas station, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, I could see some shrouded figures with mustaches looking like your dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would see him everywhere. And kind of sometimes when I see him um or who I think is him it just kind of like makes me think that he is like 
thinking of me or something like that like I'm not a super spiritual person um and I've never like thought that I can talk to the dead or anything like that you know what I mean like I'm not in that like spiritual mind whatever um but yeah I would talk to him and and I would like smile when I see him and well that that connection still exists for you yeah, yeah yeah exactly and um but that's I mean it started to get less honestly and kind of I think that that's like a natural thing I don't I don't think it's something that you should feel bad about if you if you start thinking about them less um because like at the beginning he was every morning when I woke up it was the first thing I thought of was like something about it Mm -hmm. or him or the house or whatever um and now you know I've I not moved on obviously I don't think you ever move on from losing losing a parent um but it's it's less impactful it becomes less hard it's less tender right yeah like yeah yeah um it's funny that you say the thing about like when you were cleaning your dad's house and you were sort of like almost like allowing yourself to talk to him Mm. um because that's so much it's funny that you think that was a pivotal moment because that's so much how I view you because it's almost like you won't let yourself kind of like fall down Mm. like you're just so like just got to do what needs to be done just got to do what needs to be done kind of thing and it's like you're just always like pushing through and pushing through and pushing through kind of thing so I think it's it's like such a perfect moment like of course like of course that's what helped you kind of yeah start the healing process yeah because it's like you do need to just at some point like let go and be like fucking I can't do it yeah (laughs) can't do her (laughs) like you need to you need to not be so in control yeah one you're right that is how I am and I I think that there's benefits to it but I also think that it does come to those boiling points where I just like break down and I'm just like what fucking now yeah you know and I felt like I kind of kept um getting beaten while I was down too so I think that it was just inevitable (laughs) I was gonna have like a that kind of thing but honestly as I'm um because I also used to I never used to cry um because I was kind of taught growing up by my dad um that crying was pointless and that it was like embarrassing and only little girls did it and I wasn't a little girl I was a big girl type of thing um and throughout this journey with like therapy and stuff like that I've kind of become like a waterworks machine um <laughs> welcome welcome to the club <laughs> yeah but it is it's I feel like it's there's something so interesting about being open and um vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's still uncomfortable for me it's uncomfortable to me that people know that I'm I'm not impenetrable oh my god I'm literally surrounded by people like you Jesus like I'm (laughs) I'm like the softest little like cushy marshmallow ever like someone like like hits my arm walking past me and I'm like (laughs) why would you do that (laughs) and like I feel like you and like Matt are like both like I'm crying just thinking about uh, like you and Matt are both like nope I'm fine everything's fine I don't need to talk about my feelings and I'm like but I don't want to talk about mine (laughs) it's so funny but I I definitely do feel like um like Matt's been kind of working on that as well like you know accepting his feelings and the fact that they exist and um and I feel like I've been able to be like so much closer in my relationship with him as he's kind of like let that go and even with you and stuff like I feel like I know you better than ever like Mm -hmm. um when you first moved in with us it's so funny because like you've always been such a close friend to me and stuff like that and obviously like we had like distance between us and whatever because we just were going our own paths and stuff and we didn't talk a ton when we lived apart um but when you first moved in I started to realize how much I didn't actually know anything about you (laughs) like I did like I honestly I was like I know she's like 
funny and she has red hair. (laughs) (laughs) But like I couldn't for the life of me. I was like, I don't know what she likes. I don't know what you don't like. I don't know like what your like little things are. And like now I'm very attuned. But like it's (laughs) all too aware. I, I do feel like as much as like obviously losing your dad was horrible for you and and it's horrible to watch you have to like go through that and and still you know go through it but like I think that that did change you in such a good and like necessary way and I think that you it's it's just like like what a what a blessing in disguise in a way and not to no 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 I've said it before yeah like it's just it, it really I think it was like a huge turning point in your life in general for you and I think that um you know being aware of that fleeting feeling of what life can be kind of thing and how gone it's how quickly it's gone like I think that that is so terrifying when we first realize it but I think that there is this um it's sort of like this push to be like just do it like just do the things you need to do like love who you love and like you know make sure the people around you know that and do do what is fun and enjoyable and all these things you've been putting off because it's like you're focused on this other shit that you think is important and you realize so suddenly it's not yeah and I think that as much as yeah like it's just it's so scary it's so scary learning those things but it really is like just of the utmost importance for you to be able to move on with your life once you realize like YOLO and (laughs) Thank you for no problem. The YOLO. Um, yeah, I want to quickly say I have said that before because I don't want people to like interpret that wrong. Um, uh, yes, what a what a terrible traumatic thing. Um, but I'm so grateful that I could pull po- something positive out yeah. of that experience. Yeah. Um, so I am glad that I took that experience and became a better person. Um, but yeah, I I really did YOLO <laughs> after that. I. Uh, I went on a six-week vacation. Um, I went backpacking in Central America. Um, I decided that I wanted to start vlogging. I stopped vlogging. <laughs> like uh, we all do. Yeah. Um, and then I actually did go through another pretty big loss um, and then decided that... that And that kind of like brought up all the, the memories of losing my dad and I decided to move here and uh, quit cactus like which is crazy because that was like the longest relationship I've ever had (laughs) um and it is so true I my dad ever since I can remember which I hate that saying because it's so cheesy but anyway I mean since I can remember um he said he wanted to go to Hawaii with me and we never did and when he was sick he said to me that he wished that he would have taken me to Hawaii but that um he was he would always say next year next year you know next year and you know what there's not a fucking next year sometimes yeah so I spent so much time worrying about what people at work thought of me if I had a nice bag if I had a nice bathing suit all this shit and it's like now what I remember is going to Denmark with my grandma and, you know, drinking beer and wine in Iceland and, yeah. you know, all of this shit that like before I, it's not that I didn't love these people before. It's not that I put them at less importance, but I mean, yeah, I did. Put you them didn't at, prioritize. Yeah, yeah. I put them at less importance without even realizing it. Yeah. And so now I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I am seeing what is really important because at the end of your life, you're not going to think about, you know, the cell phone that you had or the computer, the, you know, the likes on Instagram or whatever. It's like, you're going to remember the, the, like you and me, Mm -hmm. the relationship that we had, the moments we had, (laughs) 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 you 
know, and um, and I think that we do. It's so easy to forget that. It's mm-hmm. so easy to get you know scooped right back up into um, the little things. Well, and and the things that um, like truthfully just don't matter. And yeah, and I think that that's why a lot of people are left feeling so hollow in their life because they are chasing after these things that they think they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's when you when you get it, you're like oh, that's, wow, a lot cheaper feeling than I thought it would be kind of thing. And it doesn't feel, and you work really hard for a lot of these things um, that, you know, society kind of convinces us we need to look important and feel important and to show that we are successful in fact and whatever. Um, But that isn't success. No. And it's, and it's not happiness and it's not fulfillment. And yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's so hard, all of these difficult things that we have to go through in life but it is so necessary because it really does kind of bring you back down to earth and make you realize like how important things are and even you talking about traveling with your grandma and stuff I went on a trip um with my brother in February my middle brother and we've never been close like we fought like cats and dogs growing up we could not stand to be with each other um but after like the accident with my oldest brother I just was like I I hate that we don't have enough memories that I can hold on to like you talked about. Yeah. Like I wish so badly that I had been kind of older in a way so that I could have really known how important it was to hold on to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why like I wanted to take that trip with my middle brother because I'm like, I, even though like maybe we don't have the strongest relationship in general, I'm like, I don't want to look back and feel like, why didn't I just do something with him when like I had the chance to kind of thing? Yeah. Like, because who fucking knows? I mean, Jesus Christ, you see the kid ride a motorcycle, that's it. Like, <laughs> like, like it's just, but like, you know, it's just, it's, I, I don't want to let my life pass me by. I don't want to let my relationships pass me by. And I want to be able to experience all of these things to like the fullest. Yeah. And that's what I say when I justify why my bank account looks the way that it does. <laughs> I'm just living my best. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, we're not saints. Like, we're not robots. Do I still feel good when I get lots of likes on a picture? Absolutely. You know, was I proud when I hit, you know, a certain milestone or whatever on Instagram? Yeah, sure. Um, But again, at the end of the day, it's it's not, at the end of your life, that's not what you're going to be thinking about. Yeah. and, And I think there's nothing wrong with like, there's nothing wrong with nice things. There's nothing wrong with all these kind of whatever. But it's just, it shouldn't be the only yeah, focus kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Just to kind of wrap this up, um, what is it that you, is there anything in particular that you feel like you do like day to day now when you're experiencing that feeling of loss? Because obviously that kind of like carries over years and stuff. Is there anything that you feel like kind of helps you push through? Um, in, in the beginning, it was, I was still leaning on alcohol a lot Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've been sober for two and a half months. (laughs) Um, so now I, I just, I try to think about him Yeah, because I was, I, I still don't have any pictures of him up in my house because it's still too hard. It's been three years and it's still too hard to see his face. Um, but my eyes are freaking watering again. Um, so now what I'm trying to do if I'm having like a hard time with it is instead of pushing it away. I sit there with the with the thought and with the emotion and just think about him. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't know the psychology behind it. I'm not a psychologist, but it is proven that the um, what you push away becomes that much more powerful. Yeah. Uh, so so by not thinking about that thought, you're making it have more power over you. So 
And I just try to do that. And honestly, self-care is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I really like baths. So I take a bath in the morning. I drink my coffee outside and just like smile. I really, I'm, I'm really practicing gratitude yeah. in my life these days. And I think, I think the biggest thing that I do to honor my dad and to honor the grief and the journey and stuff like that is, is put him and his values of me kind of first. Yeah. So when we started doing the podcast and stuff, I thought, you know, what would my dad be proud of? And um, with acting and stuff, you know, it would my dad be proud of me and, and just everything. And sometimes I know, you know, that I say, if we spend money on something or something, I'm like, oh my dad, my dad's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just have to push that aside. But um, I think gratitude is so powerful and it's so easy to, uh, think about all the things you don't have or the emotions that you're having and stuff like that. But if you can find just even like one thing in, in each moment, yeah, then, then you're already ahead. You're already having like a good moment that day. Like I said, in the question and answer podcast, you don't have to be happy every day, all day, but find happiness every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you. I feel like, um, I feel like you have, worked so hard at coping in a healthy way and because you have experienced so much loss I mean truly like we scratched the surface kind of here today with like (laughs) your experience with this but um you know it, it is you are kind of kicked when you're down and that's been what your life has looked like for a while with like in relation to like loss and stuff but um I'm proud of the fact that you've sort of pushed through that and found ways to cope and look after yourself while also you know taking the time to feel sad and whatever else and and carry on with your life I think you're doing real good well thank you so much for sharing with us thank you and thank you guys for listening and for you know allowing us to continue to share stuff like this because I don't know. It's it's healing for us too, I think. It is. It's very thera- thera- therapeutic. <laughs> and on that note, it's therapeutic. <laughs> on that note, I think we'll uh we'll take our leave. I'm so sad to end on that note. <laughs> I wish I had ended on YOLO. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>